1: Welcome in to another episode of the Destination Devi College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. You can find me on X at Gump7285. Joined by my co-host, as always, Derek. You can find him on X at D underscore Cook93. Back here once again Saturday evening with a recap and analysis of week 12 of the college football season. I can't believe it, man. We got one more week of regular season college football and conference Championships, bowl season, playoffs—it's almost over. I might just shed a tear during this one tonight.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far as shedding tears or anything, but uh, man, that season's flown by. We've seen a lot of great college football. We're still seeing great college football. I'm, I'm excited for conference championship week and the bowl games coming up.
1: Yeah, bowl season should be fun as always. See a lot of different Debbie prospects, Debbie prospects, C two C players. It's gonna be a fun. Postseason, But before we dive into the recap and analysis, just a little bit of news and notes from this past week since we last recorded. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has accepted to serve the three-game suspension by the Big Ten. So he didn't go through with the whole court hearing and all that good stuff. Just took the suspension, so he will not be on the sidelines for the Ohio State game next week. And rumors were swirling that he could be suspended for the bulk of next season by the NCAA. So that's a bit surprising to hear. Does this change your mind about if he was involved or not? Nope, because the evidence the NCAA has gathered says he was not involved. Oh, why would he be suspended for the bulk of the 24 season by NCAA if he's not involved? Because somebody's got to be the fall man, unfortunately.
0: I mean, they fired Normally it's not the head coach that's
1: the fall man. Normally it's the guy that did the shit. Well, he's been fired. Well, he got punished the school somehow since they supposedly benefited from it. I mean, it is what it is.
0: I, I think everybody knows Years and my standpoint on this. I was just curious as if this changes your point on it. If he doesn't, he didn't go through the, what was it arbitration uh, Friday? Or what was it? Not arbitration. Um, hearing on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: He didn't go through with it. So, I mean. It, it, is, it, is, what, it is what it is at this point. And right. is gone. They fired the linebacker coach Partridge earlier this week for his involvement. Now there's a booster called, I believe uncle T who was funding the whole scheme. So everyone that's involved with it at to this point that we know of is gone from the program as they should be. Absolutely. So we'll see what the NCAA ends up handing out and how this whole big 10 saga plays out. Cause again, maybe, Someone does deserve to be suspended. Not gonna, you know, go back and forth about that. But the Big Ten did not let the due diligence play out. Yeah. They quick to the punch. We're gonna suspend you now, whether you had anything to do with it. No matter what the outcome is, you're gonna be punished now. Yeah, they kind of rule in the favor of you're guilty until proven innocent, not the other way. So, not,
0: yeah. not surprised. That's the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, at this point, I won't be surprised if the new commissioner hangs around the Big Ten too long. It is his first year. He's only been on the job for about seven months. He's already having this kind of controversy going around. He makes this kind of decision. It's not a good look for the Big Ten, in my opinion. Even if this was Ohio State, you got to let the whole process play out, in my opinion. You can't just punish him while things are still going on, and even the NCAA hasn't even punched, punished anyone. Well, you look at it, like look
0: at stuff in the NFL, these uh, players – Most of the time, still get to play while there's an active investigation, you know. So let the investigation do their due diligence, like you said. And then at the end, okay, you're suspended for half of the 24 season because we found out, although you didn't do anything, you're the head coach. How is this going on under your nose? Whatever. Exactly. Uh, But going down a different rabbit hole, I was talking to some people about. Because uh, they were like, you know, Michigan's threatening to leave the, you know, threatening to leave the Big Ten conference. I was like, well, you realize that happened. Ohio State's falling right behind them. Mm-hmm. Like Ohio, Ohio State's not letting Michigan walk away. That that's so.
1: Yeah, enjoy Michigan, your Super Conference without the winningest program in the history of college football. There, Big Ten.
0: Right, Michigan leaves. Ohio State leaves. Hundred percent. They might hate each other. Might be a rivalry, but they're they go hand in hand. There will never be a college football season. I hope in my lifetime that there is not an Ohio State Michigan
1: game at the end of the season. I wouldn't be mad if Michigan left at this point, with how things have played out. You know, go be the next Notre Dame. Declare as an independent and go play whoever the hell you want. Go be your own brand. You don't need a conference. But we'll move on to some other happier news and notes. You could say uh, Quinn Ewers and Jackson Dart have both said they are coming back for the 2024 season. So loads up that 25 quarterback class a little bit more. I'm glad to see Ewers come back. I think he does need another year. Same thing with Jackson Dart, but I already assumed he was coming back. Yours was a little bit more surprising, but I'm glad he's back.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. We've kind of talked about this here the last couple of weeks. Um, we we both wanted Quinn to come back. Jackson Dart definitely needed it as long as, long as Quinn. Uh, I guess the next big question is the guys behind Quinn, You know, is Arch Manning transferring?
1: We'll see. I think Malik Murphy is as good as gone. He needs to. He needs to play. I wouldn't be surprised if Barge transfers. He wouldn't be playing until his junior year as the number one quarterback in his own recruiting class. I don't know. I'd be surprised if he sticks around two seasons and rides the vine. He could learn a lot behind yours, but I don't think he's going to want to do that. Chances are slim at that point, like Kyle McCord. Yeah. Not saying they're the same player, anything like that, just similar situation. Sit for two years as a five-star quarterback. It's going to be hard to be an early declare playing one season like that. Absolutely. You want to get your growing pains out as early as possible. So the faster he gets on the field, the better off he'll be in the long run. Yeah, I'm sure he – I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he can always enter the portal and stay at Texas, for my understanding. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and fields some offers to see what he can get. We will see in the next couple of months. And Louisville, clinched – a ACC title game berth against Florida State. They overcame a very close game against Miami today. And speaking of Florida State, some very somber news. It looks like Jordan Travis, he did suffer a pretty ugly, gruesome, I believe it was his left leg injury. It looks like he, something broke, whether it was his ankle, his actual leg. To me, it looks similar to Dak Prescott's ankle injury a couple years ago, but he's done for the year. There's no way... No way he's coming back. That's just a sad note to end his college career on. But I think this opens the door for the college playoff committee to make it easier to leave out an undefeated Florida State if they beat Louisville, losing their Heisman-contending quarterback. Yeah, again, there's a lot of
0: um, news about who would you end up leaving out. You know, room for Alabama to come in, they beat Georgia, and all this and all that. And I'm I'm with you. Florida State wins out, and, you know, this team hasn't been – I mean, they're kind of up and down, even with Jordan Travis back there throwing the ball. So imagine their backup quarterback comes in there. The point is to make money. Florida State without Jordan Travis, I don't think makes as much money as possibly Oregon. So we'll see. We'll see how it
1: turns out, but I'm with you on that for sure. I was watching College Game Day this morning. They brought up same scenario. They had the undefeated Big Ten team in. They had Washington going undefeated, had them in. And then the last two spots were between they had Alabama winning the SEC title game over Georgia, and they also had Texas winning out. And good old Kurt Herbstreit put Texas in because they beat Bama. And then his logic was he doesn't think it's between Bama and Georgia. It's between one of those teams versus Florida State. And that they could be the ones left out. And, again, that was this morning before the injury. So now – I think we'll see it. I think they'll be left out, even if they do win the ACC title. Oregon should be in, unless they lose again. Yeah. Then I think they're done. They're toast. Depending I mean, on how the other dominoes fall, that's yeah. probably it
0: for them. I mean, I mean, it's to me, it, it's pretty simple. It's all going to pan itself out. Ohio State, Michigan are going to play. Uh, Washington, Oregon are going to play. Georgia and Alabama are going to play. To me, the winners of all those games should be in, and then take your pick on number four
1: it's probably the most interesting year we've had to this point in terms of the college football playoff. And it's only going to get more messy, more muddy from here on out. Yeah. This is a perfect example of a season where we need 12 team playoffs. I'm I'm here for it, brother. I'm here for it. Absolutely. I love the FCS format of their playoffs. I think we should adopt at least 12 teams. It's only fitting. There's more than four deserving teams to compete for a national
0: title. I mean, um, and, and, a year like this year, I would think that almost any team inside the top 10 could make a ball game with any team inside the top 10. So, that, to me, like we've said previously, there is no standout 100% number one team. I think Michigan was that, but now with the whole Harbo situation, I don't know. You know, that, that gap is closed a lot, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, right now, Washington and Oregon State are playing up in Corvallis at Oregon State. It's a rainy mess. I think Oregon State wins this one, and right now they're ranked 11. They beat number five undefeated Washington. Who knows how high up they could even go. I like that. They could possibly be a playoff team that could beat almost anybody in the country, but they're not getting a shot because we only have four. Right. Unfortunate, but we should see that change. I sure hope, sure hope so. I'm with you, man. With you 100%. But now we'll get into the recap analysis of the games from this past weekend. First up, Friday night, under the lights. Mm, I thought this was going to be a good one. A shootout back and forth, Colorado at Washington State. It was a complete opposite. Colorado got popped in the mouth early, and they never responded. They were out on their feet from the very beginning. Shadur Sanders was injured multiple times, had to leave the game, ultimately left the game in the first half and did not return. He was sacked four times in like the first two drives. He couldn't do anything on the other side. Cam Ward looked spectacular. He looked, he dominated the whole game. He looked like an NFL quarterback in my eyes. He showed his rushing ability, showed his big arm, showed his accuracy and poise. He had a very good showing.
0: I'm echoing the same sentence sentiments as you, buddy. I've been a huge Cam Ward fan for the last two years. Uh, I felt like he was finally put it together this year and, you know, a little bit still up and down. A lot less up and down than last year. But he's uh, he, he put a good, good bit of tape on uh, against Colorado. You know, he had two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, that kid can do everything. You and I were texting about it before. You know, this this guy fits the Konami code even more so than what we originally thought. Uh, I think Cam Ward is the absolute real deal, and he could be the Debbie riser
1: as much this year as we saw Anthony
0: Richardson last year.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that from him. He still does have another year of eligibility to use if he chooses so. I wouldn't be too surprised if he returns to school as well.
0: I wouldn't either, but I, I think he's plenty good enough to you know get in there. But the bad thing
1: again, Caleb Williams. And I'm keep repeating it. Get out of that draft class. Yeah, back to the other side. Travis Hunter had four catches for 82 and a touchdown. He did have an injury towards the end of the game on his last catch went up, mossed a couple defenders, and just came down very awkwardly on his knee. He was limping heavily, so we'll see what comes of that for him. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Was he it a hyper, it.
0: Was it a hyperextended knee or an ankle? Because it was that right side. It was his right leg somewhere.
1: I think it was his knee.
0: knee. That, makes more, that, that, makes more that makes more sense. That makes more sense
1: because he came down awkward just on that one leg, so the knee makes more sense. And him and Kyle Williams, receiver for Washington State, went at it like cats and dogs a couple times. Hunter drove him off the field into the Gatorade stand, pushed him up on the table. It was good old-school, hard-hitting football after the whistle. He went until he couldn't push him no more. Kyle Williams did get some payback on a rushing touchdown. He, It was holding. It was a bunch of holding, but he basically grabbed him by his neck, Draymond Green style, threw him to the ground, pushed him around, and the ref was right there, and she didn't call a damn thing. She acted... Acted like she was blind, couldn't see any of it. I don't know how she didn't, but lights were too bright in her eyes. Apparently, just, oh, that's the home team doing that. I don't see that. Right. They they are giving me a paycheck after this game. I'm just going to let that one go. But on all, all, it was a bad game to watch. Colorado's defense is absolutely terrible. Their offensive line is, I'm convinced, the worst in all of college football, no matter what division you're playing at. It's yeah. just horrible.
0: Yeah, I know that... Um, I didn't have much laying on this game, but I know you put a, quite a few bets on the, the Colorado side. And, you know, again, we talked a little bit last night. And, and Well, I'm glad you didn't watch the whole game, Derek. This game sucked. And then, you know, last time I looked at it, it was like
1: 52 to seven or something. It was 56 to seven, whatever it was. It, it was disgusting. Yeah, I put out earlier in the day that my prop, you know, my lock of the day for college football was Travis Hunter over 64 and a half receiving yards. He'd hit that in five or six games that he played the whole entire game, and that's what kept me watching it. He needed about 10 yards until about halfway through the fourth quarter, and he finally got it on that last catch. He was injured, and after that, I turned it off. Right. no reason I, I kept watching it because it was just not pretty. The Two quarterbacks Colorado put in looked terrible. I believe it was Staub. He made a throw and hit his lineman directly in the back. It, it was terrible. It looked like the longest yard when they were practicing for the first time, it just was with, not good with Brucey. I shouldn't eat that popcorn. Yeah, it, it was terrible, man. They got a, is what makes this team go,
0: man. It's... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even then he can't do it all. If he has no time, which he didn't have any time whatsoever last night, but move on to Michigan played at Maryland. Man, I had to, Changed my boxers a couple of times from sweating this one out all game long. J.J. McCarthy, he looked average. He didn't look like the McCarthy, the elite quarterback that some people think he is. He had a couple very, very poor throws, bad decision-making. One should have been picked. The next one was picked off, both in the red zone inside the 10, I believe, so kept points off the board. It wasn't good showing for him whatsoever. He had, let's see here. Went 12 of 23 for 141 in an interception. No touchdowns. Not a good game. Blake Coram carried them. 28 for 94 and two touchdowns. This was just a... Sorry, Blake Coram didn't really care. He carried the offense. The defense and special teams carried Michigan to a victory today. Two interceptions. Two safeties, I believe. A blocked punt. So, it wasn't pretty, but damn it survive in advance that's what i, I did. mean we're at the point in the season
0: that's all you got to do the the stay healthy we know the big game between us and you guys is coming up so you know like you said survive in advance stay healthy that's that's all you can do um this game was a lot closer i thought it was going to be you know final score 31 24 um i'm one of them people that holds JJ mccarthy in a, a very high light you know i think that he's a, a top four debbie quarterback currently um you know, to see him go out there and, and be kind of pedestrian and, and struggle against a Maryland team uh, that I don't think is super great uh, was a, is a bit concerning. But then again, the whole Harbaugh situation and all that going on, i I'll, I'll give him a pass. Um, but, yeah, this was a, a another one of them. You know, it reminded me a lot of last week's game against Penn State. You know, just kind of draw it out, you know, knuckle it out. Just defense carries the game. I mean, to me, there wasn't a whole lot more to it. Blake Corum, like you said, had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, didn't crack 100 rushing yards, but uh, definitely the the MVP of this game
1: was the Michigan defense. I mean, as bad as people are going to trash Michigan for this game, they only allowed 262 yards. They are the number one defense in terms of yardage allowed at, I believe, 238.4, or something along those lines. So it's not like the defense got their doors blown off or anything like that. Maryland had three touchdowns and they got them on the good old tush push at the goal line with a six foot four, 240 pound quarterback. Two yeah, of them he, were on fourth down. He had four carries for three yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So you know, he got so. stuffed on one of them. That's where the carry came from with no touchdown. Right. I mean, so all in all, the defense still played very well and shut them down for the most part. Just when, you know, the tush push, it's unstoppable. We see it with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Snap the ball and get everyone behind the quarterback and push them in. It's impossible to stop on the one-yard line. Yeah, if you've got a decent, you know, center and guards,
0: I mean, it's it's hard to stop. It's I mean, it's darn near impossible. You know, you you have two running backs behind the quarterback and just, like you said, tush-push. Jalen Hurts has made a season out
1: of it. (laughs) Yeah, they only had 15 rushing yards. 15. And the team finally scored on Michigan in the third quarter. It took eleven, you know, 10, a half, 11 games for someone to finally score coming out of halftime. Yeah, what yeah, Talia? I'm glad they were challenged. Had a gridded out game. Now can move on from it and do what they did to OSU the last couple of years and blow their doors off. Hey, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Let's <laughs> let's hold up on that. Uh, I just wanted to, Talia had eight carries.
0: Granted, five of them were sacks for negative 43 yards. Bravo to the Michigan defense, man. You guys
1: stood strong as long as you could. Yeah, he could have been sacked a handful of other times, but he just he got rid of it. He, he was flushed out and just couldn't catch up to him. Yeah, Tally is, Tally is pretty good at that. He's um, he's pretty. I think he's a little bit underrated personally. As a college quarterback, yeah, he's. I think he's one of the top passers in Maryland history, statistic wise. Yeah, so he's had a very very good college career. I'll move on to another Big Ten battle: Penn State and Rutgers, a Aller. Ah, man, he just up and down, Then when he's down, he's down. He's down bad. 6 of 13 for 79 yards. Just not a pretty game from him. Nicholas Singleton wasn't too involved early. I believe he had like four carries when Catron Allen had 12. Catron had two touchdowns to Singleton zero and outrushed him by eight yards. So once again, Catron Allen is the lead back in that backfield whether you think he's the more talented back or not, he's the man. So he should be rising up everyone's Debbie rankings at this point, in my opinion. He's yeah. been one of my favorite sleepers, but after this year, he's going to be on the radar for the 2025 draft class for sure. Yeah. You and I have
0: been on Ktron Allen since last year. Um, I remember seeing Nick Singleton go out and Ktron come in and it was like, man, they didn't miss a beat. This kid's good. Um, like you alluded to, Ktron's getting the work. He's getting the touchdowns. Um, the only thing Nick Singleton's doing better is his efficiency is a little better, maybe because he's more of a dynamic runner. But I think Ktron Allen, um, he might still be a bit of a sleeper, but he was definitely a sleeper coming into the season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's going up people's draft boards. Shoot, Nick Singleton only his longest run of the day was 21 yards, and um, Ktron Allen's was 20. So even the explosiveness, what I just said, isn't always necessarily the case. Uh, this this is Catron Allen's team at this point, in my opinion. Absolutely.
1: What out to a surprising Pac 12 battle for me? Arizona and Utah, although Arizona is the higher ranked team coming into the today, they won 42 to 18. Uh, Arizona is looking good. Jed Fish has done a phenomenal job. I know I said it last week, but he has done an amazing job turning this program around. It's been one impressive season for them. Especially considering they lost their starting quarterback, Jaden Delora, early in the season. So playing with a backup. Jonah Coleman, a sleeper running back for the 24 class for me, had 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And then Ted Aroa and McMillan, T-Mac, eight catches for 116 and a touchdown receiving. So they both had some big ball games, and they're both they're gonna be drafted. Ted Aroa is gonna be Possibly a first-round pick, depending on how you th- how you think it plays out for him. That 2025 class of receivers is pretty loaded at the top. He's probably looking at my rankings. He's my wide receiver three and twenty-five. Yeah, he's he's about the same area as me. Um,
0: my bad, I, I don't have my rankings pulled up. Uh, but getting back to, to this game. Arizona hanging up 42 points on that stout Utah defense to me is um I didn't expect that. I thought this would be a lot closer game. I did, didn't think it'd be 42-18. Um, and McMillan, like you said, had a game. Uh This Arizona team is, has played, to me, above expectations all season. So for them to be in the – I mean, they're currently 17. I'm sure they're going to move up with a, a ranked victory against Utah. But – um and Utah, I don't know if just a bad year because Cam Rising's missed all year or what, but uh, Bryson Barnes didn't do too bad. I, although, and I don't agree with having him pass the ball fifty three times. So, you know, fifty three times against three hundred yards, I, I think that's understandable for that to happen. But uh, the the rushing attack was was pretty well non existent. Nobody rushed for over forty seven yards on Utah's team. Bryson Barnes had nineteen for forty four. He was the second leading rusher. Uh, Vele had an alright game. He had 15 targets, 9 catches, 111 yards and one touchdown, but outside of that, this Utah offense wasn't uh, wasn't very good. I don't think that they're not a team that is built around passing the ball that many times. They were down the whole game, got down early.
1: So the rushing game just was not a factor. Yeah, I expected them to play a much much better game, especially defensively. I thought this would be a lower scoring game and unfortunately, for them it was not. We'll head down to the SEC and Georgia at Tennessee. This one was not close at all. 38-10, Georgia. Carson Beck had another efficient, high-output game, 24-30 for 298 and three touchdowns. I think he comes back for, for twenty, the 24 season, at least in my opinion, he should. And he could poss- possibly be a top three, top four quarterback in that class. He's playing extremely well and improving week in and week out. Yeah,
0: I'm um I'm all aboard the Carson Beck bandwagon, assuming he stays another year. Uh to me, the kid has played absolutely phenomenal this year. He's a big reason this offense, I shouldn't say big reason. He is the reason this offense is as good as it is. I know they've got, you know, Brock Bowers back and they got McConkey and that the running back room is pretty good as well. But Carson Beck is is the key cog to all of this. Uh I, I think he does need to stay one more year, but he's playing above and beyond better than I
1: thought he would. I mean, up to this point in the season. And so far. Through the season. He's impressed me immensely. I did not think he was this good. I thought he was about Stetson Bennett, and that's all you're going to get. But that's not the case whatsoever. He's actually a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah. And, again, same thing as like we were saying about Arch. Sat for two years, coming in as a highly recruited guy, plays one year, one extremely good season still. Not enough to really be up there in the top three, top two quarterbacks of your own class. It, yeah, I mean nowadays you can't do it in one year, it seems like. No, not unless you're um
0: RIP Dwayne Haskins, and you go out there and just absolutely destroy it through the air. You know, but <clears throat> quarterback normally first year starting quarterbacks don't go out there and have Dwayne Haskins type seasons. It's 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 pretty rare. Um so yeah, I think Beck needs to come back one more year and, and put more on tape and show people what he is. I, I think I think he could very well
1: easily be a top three quarterback next year. And I think in NFL has learned their lesson from those type of players, Haskins, Mitch Trubisky, playing one year, playing one really good year, and then unfortunately just duds in the NFL. Yeah, so I think they've learned their lesson, and was, that the NFL um, teams are—we don't want those guys anymore. Give us Mac two Jones, years. Mac Jones was a two-year starter, wasn't he? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I'm with you though. I think
0: the NFL. Yeah, they've they've learned that one year is not enough. It's not worth
1: the risk. Brock Bowers had seven for 60 and a touchdown, so he's getting back into the groove of things just in the right time. And on Tennessee side, Joe Milton, disappointing day, 147 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, though, so he didn't hurt his team in that regard. But their offense really couldn't get going. Jalen Wright on the ground had nine for 90 in the touchdown he was really the only bright spot of this offense all day long. So just unfortunate Tennessee couldn't make this a ball game.
0: This Georgia team is scary man uh they're they're clicking but yeah I'm, I'm again Joe Milton didn't really do crap. Wright had a good game and, and like you said the only bright point of this offense uh Georgia's defense is is right up there top five in the country in my opinion.
1: And we'll go on to the ACC. Maybe a little bit of a shocker to some. Clemson topples North Carolina 31-20. to Drake May, 209 for a touchdown and a pick and 67 on the ground. So he didn't have the best game. He, he didn't carry his team like he has needed to do all year. And thus, they lost. Warren Hampton, another ungodly game, 19 for 178-2 on the ground. He's an absolute beast. He deserves a lot more recognition and buzz than what he's currently getting, especially in the twenty-five running back class. I mean, after we're looking at Singleton, Judkins, Catron, Allen. I mean, who else we got? You know, Trevor Etienne still. Amari Hampton should be right up there. You know, with him, Ollie Gordon, Ashton Ginty from Boise State. He deserves a lot more recognition, man. I'm on the Amari Hampton. I'd train. Yeah, I don't have the uh, <clears throat> his like season
0: stats uh, right in front of me, but I think he's had like four or five games of 150 plus yards this year. I mean, he's oh, he's
1: I mean, the second leading rusher coming into this game, yeah, in the nation.
0: Yeah, he's he's had a hell of a season. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I think he's a top four, top five, 25 running back, top four probably. Um, yeah, this game though, I, I didn't anticipate. I didn't think Clemson was going to win it, man. I, I really didn't. But Drake May did what Drake May does. He comes out, pretty much lays a goose egg. 16 for 36, sub 50% completion percentage for 200 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Was sacked four times. Uh, granted, like you said, he had 67 yards on the ground, which includes those four sacks. But, you know, he targeted Vontaze Walker 10 times, only had four catches. It's it's hard to win a game when you're doing that. And Clemson on the other side of the ball, you know, Clemson, uh, Oh, boy.
1: Cade K- Klubnick had you know, outperformed Drake May. Wait, and- wait, wait, before we before we get into Clemson's side real fast, I got Amari on Hampton stats. He said he had about four games of 150 or more. I think it was four 50. or five. Today was his fifth, one yeah. of those being over 200 against App State in week two. He had one of 112, 144. I mean, he's up to a hair over 1,200 and 13 touchdowns, averaging six yards a tote. He's also had one, two, three, four. Today was also his fifth multi-touchdown game on the ground. If you count receiving touchdowns, he has six games of at least two touchdowns. And (laughs) Hey, if you got him in college fantasy or a C2C league, man, you are one happy person right now. Oh, absolutely. Especially if this is a playoff week and you're in the playoffs, this is the type of performance that's going to get you to a championship. Yeah, Hampton's just—I mean—he's had a hell of a year, man.
0: He's—it's hard not to recognize him. You know the type of season he's had. It doesn't happen all that often. Like I said, you said it's his fifth fifth game, 150 plus yards, and he's got you know two or three other games over 100, between 100 and 149. I mean, that—that's a year, second in the in the country in rushing, on a mm-hmm. team that's got Drake May at quarterback.
1: Um, come As on, a true sophomore.
0: Right, come on. What we
1: saw out of a man i am going to mess it up. Britton Brooks, British Brooks. Yeah, we well, messed that up Oh, lot. Whichever one it is, but he looked like a beast at the beginning of the year. Then Amarion Hampton just said, no, sir, go ahead and take your spot on the bench. This is my team. And admittedly, I wasn't a big Marion Hampton guy, him coming into North Carolina. He came in with George Petaway, who's a different style of running back, a speedster, smaller in stature. I was a big George Petaway guy. didn't care too much for Marion Hampton, but complete 180. I'm all Amari and Hampton. George Petaway is a, a zero at this point. Yeah, give me Amari and Hampton. He's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be an NFL running back. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, and like you brought up Brooks. Uh, I think week one Brooks had over 200 rushing yards. So had Amari and Hampton been the leading guy that time? I mean, we're talking probably another 150 yard game.
1: Um, I don't I don't know what happened to Brooks. Is he hurt? Uh, looks like he did miss a game. Missed week two when Omar Hampton had the 234 rush yards. No, oh, and they just said, screw it. We're going to stick with this kid. Yeah. Other than that, he's got at least three carries in each game up until last week. He missed this week, but he's still been involved. But clearly Omar Hampton is the guy. And I'll go ahead and let you get back to your boys over on the Clemson side of things. Um, I'll, Kind of restart on the whole
0: Clemson side. I, I did not anticipate Clemson winning this game. I know they were the home team, but I, I didn't see this happening. Uh, Cade Klubnick went out there and did better than Drake May, outperformed Drake May. Had similar passing numbers, had only one touchdown passing as well, but zero picks. Um, he also had a rushing touchdown, 12 for 44 and a rushing touchdown. But this, this Clemson team on the ground, I mean, to me, controlled the game. Shipley had 18 for 126, and Phil Moff had 23 carries for 84. I mean, between the two of them, you have 210 yards of, of rushing offense. And I, I get it that Omar Hampton and Drake May were similar to that, but the passing game wasn't there for him. Whereas for Clemson, it was.
1: Yeah, Will Shipley looked like vintage Will Shipley today. Yeah, best time to do it towards the end of the season because football is a "What have you done for me lately?" type of game. So good for him to show out in second to last game of the year. Even with Phil Moff again, twenty three carries too, yeah, that's to me what's more impressive.
0: He was obviously not the focal point of the running attack, but he, you know, one and a half times Phil Moff was rushing rushing numbers. Uh, yeah, good on good on Will Shipley. This Clemson team, I believe, is now seven and four. Um, still a bit of a panic, but I know that we talked about him a few weeks ago. I think they were five and four, but they've keyed to get a couple wins. So
1: good on Clemson. I know we're not really an IDP show, at least on here. But Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the linebacker for Clemson, I'm extremely excited about him. I think he's going to be a first-round NFL pick this year. He's had a monster season. 70 total tackles, four and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, two interceptions. He returned one of those for a touchdown, four pass breakups. Man, he is the complete package as a linebacker, Six foot 230. He can move. He's going to be fun to watch on Sundays. I can't wait for it. Yeah,
0: he'll he'll be there. Um, I, I think Clemson has suffered without having Venables over there
1: on the defensive side of the ball, but they're still getting the recruits. Yeah, if Venables was there. I find it hard to believe they would have fallen off a cliff like they have this season. But that's it's another story for a different day. Venables isn't looking too hot at Oklahoma. Typical Oklahoma can't win the big game, can't sustain a full season of winning big games. But we'll move on to. UCLA and USC. UCLA ran away with this one, thirty-eight to 20 in the Coliseum. Um, probably my favorite thing about this game overall is now they both wear their home uniforms no matter what stadium they're at, the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum. UCLA's in their blues, USC's in their reds. I remember a few years ago they used to get uh, penalized on the first play, 15 yards, the away team did for not wearing lighter oh. uniforms. Yeah. But I'm glad they since changed that rule, and no longer that happens. But this kind of surprising to me. I thought USC would rally the troops. It is their last game of the season, so they're gonna finish it a measly seven and five. But Caleb Williams had an up and down day. Really, I mean he struggled at some points, but he still put up big numbers. 384 and one touchdown. Did throw a pick. Brendan Rice had a huge game, eight for one forty seven and a touchdown. Zachary Branch, five for 51. And the other freshman, Deuce Robinson, four for 32. They just couldn't find the end zone today, man. It was, they fumbled three separate times, lost two of them. So they turned the ball over three total times. Can't do that against a stout defense like UCLA. Now, unfortunately, this is how Caleb Williams ends his college career. Yeah, if you sit there and tell me Caleb Williams is going to pass for almost 400
0: yards and only have one touchdown, one passing touchdown i'm i'm calling bs on that one you know like you said he, he got all he had great stats other than you know couldn't find the end zone yeah like you said had one passing touchdown one reception they had a running back who had a, a touchdown uh Brennan Rice leading receiver with the touchdown but i mean this ucla defense we, we've talked about it a couple times before is is stout it's good uh they're going to fit in great in the big 10 and you, ethan garber's got the victory today man Went out there and had three passing touchdowns. Didn't have the yardage, but did enough
1: for UCLA to win. Yeah, he did what Caleb Williams and SC cannot do, and that was fine in the end zone. That was the difference maker there.
0: Yeah.
1: And USC couldn't get the ground game going at all. You know, 22 carries. Well, take away Caleb Williams' carries. 15 carries for 23 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So Caleb mm-hmm. had to play huck and chuck and football and couldn't get it done. So it just sucks to see. Arguably, probably a top five overall college quarterback prospect NFL wise. I know I'm jumbling words, but one of the best NFL prospects we've ever seen at the position to end his career going seven and five, losing the big games, losing to his arch rival. It sucks to see. I don't expect him to play in the bowl game. Yeah. Silly if he does. Yeah. Seven and five. Caleb Williams is done.
0: I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. And it is sad to see. Normally we see these, uh, you know, high caliber, highly recruited, highly touted draft prospects, you know, lead their team to at least 10 wins their final year and at least have something to play for in the bowl game. I hate to be that guy and say it, but Caleb Williams has nothing to prove, nothing to me, nothing to play for. They're going to go bowling, but he has no reason to play. You know, had had they finished the season like 10-2 and two and went to just the regular Rose Bowl, Sure play yeah absolutely but but he's he's not there's no reason for him to play he's done
1: yeah unfortunately so but he's on to greener pastures and competent head coaches that can build a team and win hopefully as long as he doesn't go to the bears but we'll move on to your ohio state buckeyes 33 sorry 37 to 3 over minnesota at home dravion henderson man what do you think of him today I I've been saying it for
0: weeks, man. I feel like um Trayvon Henderson needs to turn it up in the big ten games, need to get him going and get let him get loose. And he has the last three or four games. Um, you know, didn't didn't hit that two hundred yard total scrimmage yards today, but he had fifteen for one forty six on the ground with two touchdowns and had another two catches for twenty six. Uh again, this offense was was ran through Trayvon Henderson today. Marvin Harrison Jr. Didn't really show up. He had three for thirty. Granted, he had a touchdown, but you know, really the the brightest spot passing the ball was a Igbuka, which is crazy to say. I don't think we've said his name all year in a good way. Eight targets, five catches, eighty-three. Didn't find Pater, didn't find a touchdown, but this this was a, a game that was won on the ground in the trenches. Ben Henderson
1: got loose and got going early, and Ohio State never really looked back. Yeah, Igbuka reminded us all why, at least for us. He was the in question wide receiver two behind MHJ coming into this year. So, again, another big time prospect, balling out towards the end of the year and just reminding us this is why everyone loved me. This is why I was projected to go first round early in the season and still projected. So, good for him to come back looking healthy at the perfect time for the Buckeyes. And Trey Beyond, I'll just close the book on it now. He's my running back one and 24. It's not going to change to this point, man. It's, Jonathan Brooks had the unfortunate ACL tear last week. So, of course, naturally, whether I love him or hate him, dislike him, he's going to fall in the rankings. I'd be a little surprised if he even comes out at this point with the injury and missing a chunk of his rookie year, assuming. So I think he'll be back for 25. But Travion has got a stranglehold on that RB1 spot.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, You know, maybe call it my Ohio State. Yeah, biased. I was I was there a couple weeks ago before the uh, Jonathan Brooks injury. Um, but Travion's just—he has looked great the last four weeks. Um, he's kind of the de facto RB one in this twenty-four class. You know, he's hey, I'm still here. It's me.
1: Yeah, don't don't forget, I can still ball a little bit, just a tad. A common cord twenty thirty for two twelve and two touchdowns. So a very Kyle McCord-like game. Unfortunately, like you said, MHJ just kills his Heisman hopes at this point. I was hoping for a big game. I had him. I had his touchdown prop of over one touchdown, of course. You can pretty much pencil that one in nowadays. But I had him in one of my prize pick slips for 23.2 fantasy points and absolutely did not hit that. He got about half that. So I thought he'd be more involved. He'd have a bigger game like we expect out of him. just not in the cards today. Unfortunate, but hey, we got uh, healthy. It,
0: yeah, it wasn't needed against against this team against Minnesota. They're just not really a threat. Um, I'm with you. I had quite a few bets on Marvin Harrison today. I had him over 125 receiving yards, over 100 yards Gosh. receiving, uh, two plus touchdowns. All of them, none
1: of them hit. You know, he he had one touchdown and 30 yards. Didn't need him. Yeah, and, uh, I tweeted out last night, like three o'clock in the morning, when I was making more bets but Sleeper had bumped his touchdowns from you know .5 to 1.5. I'm glad I got him on two different slips at .5 earlier in the week. I thought it was absolutely crazy to have him at 1.5. Yeah, that's and a lot because he's not, he's not – I mean, he's been a touchdown magnet
0: here as of late, but I think he's only got 11 or 12 on the season. He's good for one a game.
1: Let's see here. He's got 12 on the year. One, two, three, four. Two touchdown games, but three of those came in the last four weeks. Right, that's what I mean. But they've been
0: they've been running the ball steady. You know, even had I think they've had two plus rushing touchdowns every game the last three four games.
1: Yeah, it just sucked. I was really pulling for him. Surprisingly, to win the Heisman or at least yeah. be in New York. But I think at this point, a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns, not fifty nine receptions. You know, he'd be lucky to hit seventy. That's yeah, I don't like season unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I was I was hoping for him to same thing, at least make the trip. Uh I had a bet preseason on DraftKings uh for him to to win the Heisman. I was kind of not necessarily on the common court high horse, but I was hoping common court was would going to be better than what he has been so far. Um uh, but yeah, the the stats that Marvin Harrison has put up have not been I think you got to replicate at least what Devontae Smith did, and he's about halfway there, a little over halfway there. You, you got to get close to 2,000 receiving yards and 20 plus touchdowns to to win the Heisman. I feel like as a
1: wide receiver these days. Yeah, you got to just be absolutely dominant week in week out, hundred plus every game, multiple touchdowns. It's unfortunate that that's how you know the Heisman is nowadays. But we're not we're really not going to see many more. Wide receivers in the near future, I think, had a big time program putting up those kind of numbers because so they really have other guys. good receivers on the same team. Yeah, absolutely. That's took the words out of my mouth. Um,
0: you know, no doubt I think Marvin Harrison is the best um, collegiate player, not named Caleb Williams, you know, but just because you're good doesn't mean you
1: win the Heisman. You got to have the stats. Exactly. Stack. And that closes the book on. All the games that have been completed from the noon and 3:30 windows. So we'll take a peek at the games currently being televised, and we'll stop in the good old great state of Kansas. K-State at Kansas. Currently at halftime, Kansas is shockingly up 20 to 16 without one without QB one, Jalen. Man, yeah, Jalen Daniels. I don't know why. Don't know what that was, but he's been missing for a few weeks. And then backup quarterback Jason Bean is also out, so down to the third stringer, and they're putting up a fight. Devin Neal, 24 running back, eight carries for 81 and two touchdowns. So he's carrying them to this point, having a very good showing. Will Howard on the other side, 96 and two through the air. This is going to be a good ball game straight down to the finish. Of course, the rivalry, K-State, Kansas, arguably the biggest rivals for each other. This will be a fun one to keep an eye on top 25 matchup jockeying for that good old bowl position. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not very
0: often that both teams are ranked coming into this game, you know, so a rank of the top twenty-fives between the two. I mean, this, this is just good for college football. Um, And alluding to Devin Neal, like you said, he's been pretty much the offense for Kansas. He's got 81 rushing yards. The quarterback's got 83, you know, so they're splitting the ball pretty well between the air and on the ground. Uh, Devin Neal, he's, you know, we've
1: talked about him a few times. He's he's pretty darn good as well. know yeah, if you're a Kansas fan or Big 12 fan, enjoy it while it lasts. Devin Neal could be off to the NFL after this year. Head coach Lance Leipold has been thrown around for numerous jobs, Texas A&M, Michigan State, to name the two big ones. So he could be heading out to a bigger opportunity. But QB1, Jalen Daniels, there were some rumblings that he could be transferring to USC And that could have been playing into why he's not played recently. But he made a tweet just yesterday saying that, you know, squash all the rumors. Basically, I'm here. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I will be back. So he will be back for another season as of right now, at least because things can always change. But right now, you can pencil him in for QB1 next year. Well, good. I hope he stays because if he transferred, that would hurt my Malachi Nelson stocks. That's what came to mind. I was like, man. Then we're looking at another arch situation. You're not going to play till year three unless he transferred out. I feel like that would be a given that if if you know Daniels transferred to USC, I feel like
0: you know Nelson would immediately leave. Be be no reason to stay. Why am I going to
1: compete? I've sat here for a year behind Williams. I'm I'm not competing. Right. I've learned from Caleb Williams. You, know, you give me the job, I can do it. We assume he can. So right now, he looks like he will be QB1. I'm excited for it. Extremely yes. excited. And we mentioned Jordan Travis, the unfortunate injury earlier. They are down 13. Well, wait a minute. Let me make sure. Sorry, they're up 24-13, just coming out of halftime. So they put up 24 unanswered points all in the second quarter. Tate wrote, wrote a maker. 7 11 for 117 coming in and mop up duty. So he's looking very competent as a quarterback. Three rushing touchdowns. Other than that, there's nothing notable coming out of this game so far, other than the unfortunate injury to Jordan Travis.
0: Yeah, the the injury to Jordan Travis and playoff implications that go with it. Um, they were down, like you said, 21 answered points. Good on Florida State to rally behind the backup quarterback and, uh, you know, currently be in the lead. Um, Looks like Jaheim Bell had one catch for 49 yards. I'm hoping to, once we get off of here, check that out, see what it was. Uh, But outside of that, you know, Keon Coleman's got two for 29, and
1: Benson's got five for 20 and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, the Keon Coleman catch has happened really early in the game, too. One of them was from Jordan (laughs) Travis. I know that much. But hopefully they'll hang hang on to this one. This was supposed to be a cakewalk game, and it took the worst – Turn you could possibly imagine one from contending for a national championship, then a Heisman to maybe being undefeated and left out. So, this will be a, a key story to keep an eye on coming down the stretch of the season. That's for sure. Especially if they beat Louisville, it just messes up the playoff committees' whole thinking process. It'll really be their process will be put to the test if that's the case. Their process at that point will probably be the eye test. Uh, yeah, it would have to be, but I'm sure they'll get left out without your starting quarterback. Uh, just the unfortunate reality of that. Unless we get a Cardale Cardale Jones situation, we'll see. And so far, he's looking good, man. I know it's North Alabama, but still, you got to go out there and make the reads, make the process, make the throws. I mean,
0: it might be North Alabama, but Jordan Travis was out there and they were down thirteen to three. So, yeah, Do, doing
1: better. Yeah, that is true. We'll take a peek at top 11 battle, Washington on the road at Oregon State. They are currently up 16-7. to Still 10 minutes left in the second quarter on this one. Uh, Michael Penix, he's having a so-so game, 4-13. A little bit uncanny of him not being as accurate as normal for 51 and a touchdown. And he has a rushing touchdown, so he ran the ball. Got outside of that pocket and gallivanted and found the pay dirt. Three. You said that this game is this this is a, a rain fest, right? From when I took a peek earlier, yes, it looked like it was raining pretty decently, which would favor Oregon State and their run game and those big beefy guys up front. Yeah, good old Damian Martinez should should benefit from that, I'd say. Yeah, right now he's got eight for forty and a touchdown, so he's off to a quick start as we're used to seeing out of him. Uh, Roma Dunze's got three. Of the four pass completions for 42 yards and the lone touchdown for them, DJU, 3-6, 42. Aiden Childs getting some burn, as always, 1-2 for five yards. Looks like they've both been sacked. Well, Aiden Childs was sacked. DJU got a couple yards on his. But so far, close game. I said earlier, I, I have Oregon State pulling this one out. They were actually favored coming into this one as well. Yeah, I don't know what the lines closed at, but I think last I looked they were two and a half points. One favorites, and a half. One and a half. Yeah, the over-under was set at 62 and a half, which is ridiculous for 45 degrees and rainy in the Northwest. Yeah, I don't know if – I don't think that goes over. I mean,
0: we're sitting at 23 points right now, almost midway through the second quarter, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll
1: move on to Texas at Iowa State. This one could be a – a sneaky game for Texas. Right now, it's 3-0 Iowa State at the beginning of the second quarter. So, so far, Texas is struggling with star running back Jonathan Brooks. Ewers, 4 of 9 for 49 yards. Uh, C.J. Baxter, 4 for 23 on the ground, filling in for Jonathan Brooks. Jadon Blue, Denny Mitchell, Jatavion Sanders, Xavier Worthy, and C.J. Baxter all have a catch apiece. So, the offense is... Still trying to find that footing. Defense is showing up as always, so this will be an interesting one to watch to the very end. Hopefully, hopefully Texas can get it together and put up some points. Yeah, I was. Um,
0: I like listening to the Joe Clatt show. Man, I, I I love that guy. But uh, Iowa State has won three of the last four. The only one they lost was last year, and it was at Texas. So Iowa State plays Texas extremely tough. Uh, currently up three to zero, as we see. This this is a game that when we're done. On the podcast, I'm definitely going to be probably watching this one the rest of the way through.
1: Yeah, I'll probably be tuning in some LSU just because I love watching them play, which is what we're tuning into next. I was ready to crown Jaden Daniels the Heisman Trophy winner in my eyes, but, man, we'll talk about him here next. But Jaden Daniels is having a very good game, 7 of 10, 80 yards, one touchdown, 52 yards and a touchdown on the ground already in one quarter. Malik Neighbors, one catch for 18 and a touchdown. So, Jaden Daniels, once again, putting that team in his backpack, carrying him to the finish line. They are up 14-7 against Georgia State, who has one hell of a running attack on offense with running back Marcus Carroll and Darren Granger, quarterback. Very good dual threat. LSU is going to win this one, but it's not going to be, you know, 48-21, 48-14 type of thing. This is probably going to be a one-and-two score game. Yeah, it's going to be a drag-it-out game. Uh, Like you
0: said, Georgia State's got a really good running attack. They're going to control time and possession. LSU's probably going to score quick, but they'll keep it close. Uh, I'm line closed on LSU by 32-and-a-half. Yeah, I don't think think that's anywhere close Um, unless this LSU team gets a couple stops. But I, I'm with you on on Jaden Daniels. I mean, the, the guy just keeps on keeping on, man. Seven to ten for 80 yards and a touchdown on the air and then a touchdown on the ground, for 352. Uh, Malik Neighbors, like you said, two catches, 31 yards and a touchdown. His favorite target, it's, it's the LSU show, baby.
1: Yeah, right now the live line for Fliff, LSU is still favored by thirty one half so I think I'll take that uh, Georgia State on the plus side of that. I guess it's a good call. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good game. LSU could very well blow him out, but I don't see it. And then the gentleman we alluded to, or I alluded to, Bo Niggs. It's going to be hard to not give him the Heisman Trophy. Back-to-back weeks with six touchdowns. And this one, he did all six of them in the first half. He had 384 passing yards and six passing touchdowns and one half of football. I don't know what i to say. That's just unbelievable. I know it's against Arizona State, but they've played, you know, SC Washington tough. They Six they played Utah tough. I don't recall that one. It wouldn't surprise me. Arizona State's a a decent team. They just don't have enough to, you know, get over that hump and get an upset victory. And today they just didn't even show up, apparently. Six touchdowns through the air, all in the first
0: half, though. Absolutely phenomenal um yeah, Bo Nix for Heisman, baby, <laughs> might be a top three quarterback next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's, like I said, it's going to be hard not to give it to him. Over 3,000 pass yards at a 77.7 7 completion percentage, 29 and two, you know, 29 now two picks, another five on the ground. It's going to be hard, man. I know Michael Penix is doing what he's doing. But Bo Nix arguably outdueled him, although he came up with a loss. But it's going to be a fun Heisman race between Nix, Penix, and Jaden Daniels. I mean, to me right now, Penix controls his own destiny. If they go undefeated, I think by default he's going to get the Heisman trophy. Whether I agree with that or not, I think Jaden Daniels probably deserves it. As great as Bo Nix has been, Jaden would be my pick.
0: Yeah, I'm going to echo the same sentence as you. Jaden Daniels has been the best player on the offensive side of football this year. Uh, he's done absolutely everything and anything for his team. I get they got, what, two or three losses on the year. Um, but it's it's not by – it's not been because of any of his own doing, and he's taken tournaments into steps from last year to this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Penix, like you said, controls his own destiny. He has that head-to-head matchup over Bo Nix, And to me, it's not, nece- not necessarily fair – that It would be that way, but you know, it's usually the best quarterback on the best team. And Washington mm-hmm. is undefeated. They beat Oregon. I think Oregon wins that game nine times
1: out of ten if we did it today, but Washington won it that Saturday. I mean, we have seen it a handful of times before a quarterback with two, three losses winning the Heisman. Johnny Manziel did it. I'm I think pretty Tentico sure Tentico did, it. did it. Yeah, the year he won there, it. There's been a couple others in recent memory but those are the two big ones most recent so it's not completely impossible especially if he continues at the pace he is tonight you know going to put up three, four, five touchdowns 300 plus yards of total offense it's going to be a fun Heisman race we got one more week of football after this one it's going to be down to the to the very very end and then Troy Franklin he also had a big game he catches for 128 and two touchdowns he just continues to have the big games. He's, I mean, more receptions than Marvin Harrison Jr. More receiving yards and one less touchdown. He's got a lot better quarterback throwing the ball,
0: though. To be fair, he does absolutely. If you but put air, er- if you put MHJ on that Oregon team and put Trey Franklin Ohio State's team, I couldn't imagine what Marvin
1: Harrison would be doing. Possibly, possibly different style of players though. Franklin fits this. This offense perfectly no he I mean, does but Mar- marvin harrison doesn't have the quarterback throwing the ball that he needs i mean shit last week against sc he only had two catches for 147 and touchdown that's all you need touch the ball twice
0: yeah Troy. well he's the type of player that just takes top off the defense
1: that's what he's good at i love troy franklin i've loved him coming into oregon and man it is so nice seeing him get the buzz to be a first second round NFL draft 63 190 an absolute burner he's gonna be fun to watch on Sundays yeah i thought that we would get a little bit more of that
0: last year because we were on him you know preseason last year but it's it's nice to see it finally come to fruition
1: again it's perfect time right before he's able to to declare for the draft and now we'll move out of the games and just look at debbie relevant players c2c relevant guys that had Pretty good performances this past week, and we'll start off with Jackson Dart, who we talked a little bit about earlier today against uh, UL, UL Monroe. 310, three touchdowns through the air, 24-31. Came away with a 35-3 victory, so he went out there and balled out. 77 completion percentage the week after announcing he is coming back to Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss for one more year. So great to see him. You know, even though he's coming back, he still went out there and played his ass off and put up great stats. Yeah, 100 percent I think um you and I
0: were both on the on the same track as he needed to come back one more year and to see him go out there and continue to do what he's been doing all year outside of last week against was it Georgia? Um, you know, continues to look impressive. He he could be next he could be next year's Bo Nicks.
1: Yeah, he was a buy in my latest debbie buys and sells article at destination that came out friday and i basically sorry either this past friday or the one before he was a buy for this reason not for him being a 24 quarterback i was viewing him as a 25 guy and that wide open class and with the strides he's taken this year it's been very impressive to me he came in as a freshman at sc thrown into the fire nice and early performed well went to old miss fell off a little bit and now he's had one hell of a season. And hopefully he can replicate that next year. Another year with Quinshaw Judkins as well. So that's going to be a big help. It'll be a nice one two punch next year when they're both uh, after, you know, both guys leaving. And now, Mr. Ruben Owens, true freshman, number one running back in the class, depending on who you looked at at Texas A&M. He had his best game of the year by far 18 carries for 106 and one touchdown. It's nice to see some other freshmen running back wise get some work and look very good outside of you know Darius Taylor and a couple other guys, but he's really one of the first big name guys to come in and have a very good game. So great for him. I know Not since for- the season started, you know Alabama running backs, Justice Haynes. Oh, there's one more. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but of course the Alabama freshman running back usually gets the nod. But Ruben Owens was dubbed the number one running back in the class, and this is why. No, absolutely. Um,
0: Crazy to think that – not crazy. They get rid of Jimbo Fisher, and then the running back comes out and plays. Great to see it.
1: Yeah, very, very good. I do have him in one debut league. I got him for a whopping $1 in the auction. It's an absolute steal at this point. We'll move on to Ollie Gordon, who we've talked a good bit about. He – Fell off the wagon against UCF, 25 yards, and he jumped right back on it this week with 164 and three touchdowns. You just can't stop Ollie Gordon for the most part, man. Since he got on that roll against Iowa State in week four, he's been unstoppable until UCF, but the whole offense was stopped. It wasn't just Ollie Gordon. Yeah, it was just a
0: overall bad game against UCF. I mean, they got boat raced, dragged across the mud. UCF was just yeah. a bad game.
1: Where are you at on Ollie Gordon? I'm extremely high on him. He's a top four, 25 running back to me, a top six, Debbie, overall running back. Uh, I'm about in the same spot as you, um,
0: by and large, because the 24 class to me has been extremely weak up until Travion Henderson lately. Um, I I mean, I still like a couple 24 guys, but they've had uh, basically piss poor seasons. And Ollie Gordon – has looked phenomenal, you know, so I'm, I'm right there. Top six, top eight, overall Debbie running back in the class or overall Debbie running back. And he's probably top four, top three in my, uh, 25 class running backs. I'm I'm with you. He can do it all. And he, UCF outside, the UCF game hasn't been able to be stopped since, like you said, the Iowa state game, he's looked,
1: he's looked phenomenal. He can do it all. Yeah. I love Ollie Gordon. I know a lot of people in the Debbie space have, not been so high on him but he it's hard not to be at this point man he's just looking so good he's putting up the numbers and i know i know chuba hubbard did the same thing i think he's way more talented than chuba hubbard hubbard was exactly what he is a product of that scheme just like justice hill i don't think that's ollie gordon he's a different story can't always scout the helmet People who scout helmets to me make no sense because you're not doing your
0: homework. It's an easy way out. It's you know same thing about the whole like Ohio State not having a quarterback. Well, look at CJ Stroud. But um, getting back to Ali Gordon just for a second, you know today against Houston, he had seven targets, five catches. Uh, the guy literally does it all. I, he's he's getting the opportunity. He's making the most of it. Um, it's hard for me. It's hard to ignore a guy that's putting up the stats he is.
1: Oh, absolutely. Move on to Alabama. Got three players in this one. Jalen Milrow. I know Chattanooga, so take that for what you will. 13-16 to 16 for 193 and three touchdowns through the air. He didn't run the ball only because he was sacked. Had a couple of carries, but no touchdowns. It wasn't needed today. So he showed the passing passing abilities he does have. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Justice Haynes, true freshman, had five carries for 42 yards and a pair of touchdowns. So he finally got some burn and took advantage of it. Richard Young, the other freshman running back, can remember his name, had two carries for two yards and a touchdown. So the freshman team I'm getting some work and finding that end zone. I feel like this
0: Alabama team has finally found their identity, and they look a little bit scary. You know, you look at, like you said, it's, it's Chattanooga. So, you know, maybe not read too much into it, read between the lines, but this team did absolutely everything they needed to do on the ground. And I feel like once they have found their identity, that it's going to be hard to stop. I, I would not be surprised if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game because of this. You know, Milro since what losing to uh, Texas has to me escalated his game so much, he can do it all. And we've talked extremely highly about Milro. um, kind of on that Jalen Hurts-esque path. But th- this team
1: just, it's it's making sense finally. The offense looks good. Yeah, since that game is benching and all that good stuff, he's really turned it around and really improved. Right now, I'm leading Alabama's going to beat Georgia and make things really interesting for the playoff committee. They're just, they're on a hot streak. They're playing extremely well offensively, defensively. Caleb Downs, the number one or number two safety next to Sonny Styles at Ohio State. Played very well, once again. Let's see. He had seven tackles, but he also had an 85-yard punt return for a touchdown. So out there making plays and making a difference, not only on defense, but in special teams as well. Putting points on the board. You can't complain with that from a safety. No, nope, not at all. They're hot. They're red hot. They're Like you said, they figured it out finally. Yeah. It, it may have taken them over half the season, but they are – Again, red hot at the right time. They got one game left before Georgia, which is of course Auburn, who lost today at home to New Mexico State, thirty-one to ten. So I'm glad. Yeah, no, not looking like a challenge to Alabama next week.
0: No, I'm glad to see this Bama team figured out because, um, you know, they've they've got they've got guys in that wide receiver room, but nobody's really stuck out yet. They don't know who necessarily the guy is. Well, we, we're not going to use you then. You know, today Jermaine Burton had a day. Three targets, three catches for, you know, over 100 plus and a touchdown. But other than that, nobody else. They're figuring it out on the ground, and to me, that's more scary than them trying to, you know, fabricate a passing game. This this is a run heavy team. They need to do it, and as long as they do it, they're going to be scary.
1: Yeah, that's going to be, of course, a great ball game to watch. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. You can't go wrong tuning into that one. Yeah, the teacher versus the the student again. Yeah, it's an every-year thing at this point, pretty much, besides last year when Jaden Daniels led LSU to the game. Right. And we'll take a peek at Notre Dame. Audric Estime, 22 totes for 115 and a touchdown. And then freshman Jaden Greathouse stuck his head out and made an appearance again with three catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Notre Dame had five passing touchdowns today. Yeah, Hartman had himself a game. 21 to 29 for almost 284
0: touchdowns. He was not sacked one time.
1: So so good to see. Uh, like you and said, the, he had Sam a game Hartman from the first 3-4 four four games. games before Ohio State. Yeah,
0: yeah, that right. You know, had had he beat Ohio State and continued that all season, he'd be the Heisman front runner. But he hasn't. Um Rico Flores had a game as well. 9 targets, 8 catches for 102. I mean, it's I feel like we talked about great house several times. It seems like anytime he has a game, he has almost hundred yards and a touchdown. Otherwise, other than that, he's doesn't show up.
1: Pretty much Boomer bust for him this season. Hopefully he can, you know, turn that a little around a little bit next year. It'd be nice to see because that wide receiver room is still wide open. Yeah. Somebody has got to emerge and I would love to see great house. Move on to a lesser known freshman running back out of West Virginia. His third big game of the year, Jaheem White, five foot seven, all of 192 pounds of him, 21 carries for 204 and a touchdown against the Cincinnati Bearcats. He added one catch for 75 yards and he took that one to the house. So two touchdowns and 279 total yards of offense. C.J. Donaldson, usually the man for West Virginia, but he had a lower leg injury, still dealing with it from last week against Oklahoma. He did what he does. He came in and got a touchdown, and that was about it for him. It was the Jaheim White show. I've am very I talked about him a couple weeks ago. Very excited for his aspects, especially as a C2C asset. He could put up monster numbers in this offense like he did today, and it's his third 100-yard game of the season.
0: Yeah, he's putting on his best Travion Henderson performance. You know, he's a leading rusher and leading receiver. He had one catch for 75 yards, and this kid was the offense today. Uh, well, besides the quarterback, they between the two of them, they had 358 yards of rushes, rushing yards, so and four touchdowns. It's, it's hard to lose a game like that. I'm sure Cincinnati is missing the hell out of Luke Fickle.
1: Yeah, they have really. Since losing Luke Fickle, they lost uh, Marcus Freeman the year before. Completely falling off the wagon. Cincinnati is no longer a threat to anyone, which is a shame moving from the American Conference to the Big 12 now, and that's the shape they're in. So that does suck to see. Move on to a senior standout who's got a little bit of buzz, mostly due to his big game against Colorado, where he had 16 for 133 and a touchdown. He's had you know, two other 100 plus yard games and three touchdowns, where he had 227 receiving yards. Tory Horton from Colorado State had six for 78 and a touchdown and a 30 to 20 win over Nevada. So he could be someone to look at, you know, put on the end of your bench, put in your taxi next year. 6'2, 190, good size. He looks good on the field. I know a lot of people are excited about him going to the NFL.
0: Hey, he had one catch for 53 yards as well, as long as 53. Um, you know, so you can get out there, get in space and and make stuff happen. I'm gonna watch a little bit more of this kid to to see what he's about. Um, but I'm I'm excited for him. Anytime we can talk about um these lesser-known schools and lesser-known guys getting the chance. I love it.
1: Oh, yeah, I love the group of five, the non-power five players as well. There's always a handful of them that make it into the NFL every year and that we want on our fantasy rosters, and he could be one of them. And this next guy could be one as well, Malachi Corley, a very well-known name, putting up big numbers once again, 10 for 171 and one touchdown today. He scored a touchdown four straight weeks. So he has finally found his groove for the year. Unfortunately, too little, too late for my prop of, think think, 1,050 yards. I thought he would absolutely smash that. But yeah, he didn't, unfortunately. But he's had a very good senior season or junior season, one of the two, depending on how you look at him. It's his fourth year. So he's playing extremely well at the right time. Hopefully he'll be at the Senior Bowl see him out there against the other top seniors, a couple top juniors in that game, and maybe rise his draft stock a little bit. Malachi Corley was the
0: guy I was afraid of when Ohio State Ohio State played Western Kentucky this year, correct? Was that it?
1: Yeah, which well, he did put up eight for 88 in touchdown, their yeah, lone touchdown.
0: He was the only guy I was afraid of that game. Uh, I think Corley is the real deal. Um, I also thought that he would smash your prop at 1,050 yards because uh, I think coming into the Ohio state game, he had hundred plus receiving yards the previous two games or whatever. He he had already had a season. Um, so it sucks that he, you know, kind of too little too late, but he's he is absolutely an NFL wide receiver in my eyes.
1: Without a doubt, somebody will pick him up. There's no question about that in my eyes. It's just a rather of, is he gonna be impactful for your fantasy team? More than likely not. But it's an intriguing to him to keep your eye on and late-round draft pick, waiver pickup, things like that.
0: Yeah, the big thing will be if he's given the opportunity. He definitely – I wouldn't expect anything from him the first year or two.
1: i I'll Move on to freshman Kevin Concepcion. We talked a lot about him. Very impressive. Another impressive day for him. Seven catches for 63 yards, two touchdowns and then nine carries for 44 yards. He's a pseudo running back for them. The last three weeks, six carries, five, and nine tonight.
0: So, he also had one pass for 17 yards and a touchdown, so he was doing it all today. Oh, or yeah, he's the Swiss Tampa. Army Knight, baby. <clears throat> we, I mean, we, we talked, talked about it plenty. About... I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: Well, oh no, I was going to say, we talked about his quarterback, N.J. Morris, leaving. He could be gone too to maybe a bigger program, possibly a little Jordan Addison type of thing, going from another power five to a bigger power five. Get more eyes on him. I think that'd be best for him. Yeah, he's one of my favorite 26 wide receivers. I've said it before, he's better than a lot of the four stars ranked ahead of him. And I think he's going to be better than a couple five stars like Jerry on Dickey, Hakeem Williams. So he's a name definitely to keep your eye on throughout his career. Whether he's at NC State or somewhere else, he's going to ball out regardless. Yeah, he can, he can do it all. So he's when he touches the field, he's going to get the ball. And then just one last one, because I absolutely love this other freshman wide receiver, Eugene Wilson the third Trey Wilson, so far against Missouri. He's got six catches for a whopping 10 yards for a long of eight yards. So do the math on that. He's got five catches for two yards. That's a, a Graham Mertz wide receiver if I've ever seen one. But he does have a touchdown. Just wanted to touch on him as they're playing Missouri. They're down 13-7 at halftime. Low scoring affair.
0: I mean, the fact that he's got a touchdown is impressive considering what he's done so far this year. Um, I know you're a huge fan of, of Wilson, Eugene Wilson. Um, I'm, I'm not quite 100% there yet, but I'm getting there. I think the I know Graham Mertz has played good as of late, but I'm not a Graham Mertz fan, so I can't wait to see what he does moving forward with hopefully a more
1: capable quarterback. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if they dip into the transfer portal once again or exactly what they do next season quarterback because, of course, Graham Mertz is going to be gone, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Oh, sorry. D.J. Lagway, a top three, top five quarterback in the recruiting class coming in. So I could see a true freshman starting. There you go. I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be either. He's extremely, extremely good, big, lanky. He can run. Uh, And Eugene Wilson, I don't know if you heard about about it, but he was the freshman wide receiver, of course, at Florida in uh, summer practice. He squatted five hundred seventy pounds, mm. and at that time he weighed like a buck ninety, I think, a buck eighty-five. So extremely, extremely impressive strength from a small guy like that, especially how fast he is. Ooh, I'm I'm so excited for him, man! You have to change your boxers again. Yeah, the fifth pair today. But that's all I got. You got anything else on your mind while we're here? No, buddy. I think we have hit every
0: checkbox I have on my sheet. Um, I think I'm good. I do have one question: Is um, is it Auburn's starting quarterback? Is that Peyton Thorn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't really a question mark or a, a checkbox I wanted to hit. I was just you know, alluding to was it the last team
1: Bama's playing? Auburn. Yep. And the good old yeah. Iron bullets. Yeah, it's gonna be not gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. It's always, you know, Ohio State, Michigan at noon, the Iron Bowl at 330. Now it's who the hell am I gonna watch at 330? Cotch football's now. done for the day. Right. Call of Duty time. Pretty much. Uh what another thing, speaking of check boxes. Uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU are actually putting up better numbers than Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson did. Oh, I thought we touched on this before. Not this week. They have officially surpassed them. I think they have more receptions. They have a little more receiving yards, and they have more touchdowns with one game to play.
0: Very nice. And
1: whatever they do tonight, I saw Brian Thomas just got a touchdown. They're up 20-14 to now. We also – I mean,
0: as impressive as that is, we also got to remember that LSU team also had Thad Moss,
1: Terrence Marshall, and CEH as well. So, to be fair, Joe Burrow was feeding a lot more mouths. That team – and It was like Miami-esque from the early 2000s with how many NFL players that are currently playing in the NFL that were on that team. It's a disgusting number. But you're right. They had other people. This team is pretty much Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, sprinkle in a little bit of Aaron Anderson and Mason Taylor every now and then. But these are the
0: guys. Yes, it's definitely not the same. Well, I mean, we thought that Terrence Marshall was going to be something great in the NFL as well. So, I mean... It is what it is. I just don't think it's necessarily comparable because, I mean, every single one of those LSU guys that year with Burrow was a, a high draft pick. Whereas I, I'm, Mason Taylor probably will be as well. Um, but I think the dime stops there. Obviously not talking about Daniels and Joe Burrow. They're obviously going to – he's going to be a high draft pick, I would say, too. But I think it stops there. CEH was a, a, round, a you know, first-round draft pick.
1: Yeah, still shocking as it was. That's it, baby. Another one in the books. We got one more regular season. It's going to be a fun one. Ohio State, Michigan. Auburn, Bama. Washington State, Washington. UNC, NC State. Kentucky, Louisville. Oregon, Oregon State. That's going to be a real fun one to watch. A&M, LSU. It's going to be an action-packed final weekend to the end of college football season, and I cannot wait. I wish there were still another 12 weeks left, but unfortunately we got one more until it it gets real tight for the conference champions, start to form the playoffs. So that's it for us tonight. Please give us all a follow on X at Gump7285, at D underscore Cook93, at Destination Debbie, and our other podcast, Gridiron Fantasy Show. You can find it at Gridiron underscore FS. And check out my weekly Debbie buys and sells up now on DestinationDebbie.com. Appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll see you again next week. See you. Thanks for listening.